Well, we have a treat for everybody here today. We got Edna Keep back on the show. And if you want information, background, how she got started, everything, I mean, we had quite the lesson, like 45 minutes of it on episode 211. So check the archives for that uh, show. And it's well worth everybody's time because we spent a ton of time talking about everything from single family homes but Edna makes a very strong argument why and how you can skip single family home, homes and go straight into multifamily. And to do so, she has a mastermind that you probably should check out. It's called 90 Days to 5K Mastermind. You can find that on our website, ednakeep.com. And Edna has a great name because you can easily spelled and you can find her everywhere. Um, so <laughs> just look for Edna Keep. Uh, and uh, you'll find some of those resources. But I appreciate your time and being back on the show, Edna. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Jack. Like I mentioned to you, you probably have one of the more popular episodes I have uh, regarding uh, this type of topic. Everybody wants to know how to get into multifamily as soon as possible. And it's kind of a, a aspiration for a lot of people. You know, we start into the single family homes and you're asked, you're aspired to be in that multifamily. But like I said, you make a strong argument to jump right in. Yeah. Um, So it it just makes sense. We, we had bought, and this might be a little repetitive from the last one, but our first 26 purchases were single families, condos, duplexes, fourplexes, that sort of thing. And then I was sitting in my realtor's office and he said, I said, we want to buy 20 houses this year, Rob. And he said, why don't you just buy a multifamily, Edna? And I said, oh, I can't. I don't own enough houses. Like, you know, like most people think, oh, I got to build up from there. I think it comes from uh, playing Monopoly, right? Mm -hmm. I got to build up from there. So it was my first thought too. And he said, no, no, you don't. And I said, well, do you own apartment buildings? And he said, yeah. And I said, okay, well, tell me, tell me more. And so he sat there and he explained to me. And uh, at the time in our city, condo conversion was very popular because we were had very, very low vacancy, like 0.0 something. And we could just charge whatever we wanted for rent pretty much. And uh, we had a lot of furnished units because there were so many new, new Canadians here and, and a lot of construction workers and stuff like that. And uh, so we we felt we'd go on the houses. But anyway, at the end of the conversation, he explained to me how it could work. And I said, oh, okay. I said, well, do you have something that you're selling right now? And he said, as a matter of fact, I do. I have a 24 unit right here. I'm just going to be putting on MLS tomorrow. And I said, well, what would it take to get the offer accepted? And he said, you know what? It's going to take a full price offer. Now, that was back in 2008. And we started in 2007, so late 2008. And so I put in a full price offer, which was $75,000 a door on a 24 unit. I can't remember what that worked out to 1.8 or something like that. Anyway, got the offer accepted the next day before it even hit MLS. And we took it from there. And uh, we condo converted that building. And based on Rob's suggestion, because he had done a couple himself for for himself and for other investors, and we sold them out for roughly 140 a door, 
two bedrooms were 140. The few one bedrooms were a little bit less. I can't remember 130 maybe. And, you know, that was kind of our big, that was my catalyst to decide to go full time. And uh, we haven't looked back from there since. We just kept buying multifamily uh, 12, you know, the smaller units, 12, 18, uh, 24s, that sort of thing, eight plex here and there. And um, then in 2012, we bought a 144 unit. And that was a really big deal for us. Kind of scared us, kind of made us nervous, but we raised all the capital, got that done. And we still own, we still own actually most of that stuff today. But uh, uh, like we mentioned, I wish now that we would have just started multifamily because, you know, it's kind of hard even, we still own all our houses just because we think, What's the point in getting rid of them? We can't qualify for any more mortgages now because we've gone beyond that. And we may as well just keep them because we got good tenants, mortgage pay down, all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, all our purchases now are multifamily. Well, you know, a lot of people probably don't start there because of the perceived costs of entry. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? I know people buying houses in the GTA that are paying more for house then I've had students pay for an Aplex. Sure. That cash flows them $2,500 a month, Jack, and, and not one that they're actually putting money into every month on top of putting, uh, you know, 20% down. And, and just to give you an example, because there's one particular one I'm thinking in mind, right in Northern Saskatchewan, Aplex, she paid $575,000 for it. So you know that houses costs in GTA six hundred thousand easy. Aplex mm-hmm. cash flows her twenty five hundred dollars a month. She got eighty five percent financing through the lender CMHC insured, and ten percent vendor financing. So she only had to come up with five percent of her own money and closing costs. Right. You know that that's ac- actually something I was going to bring up because. You know, the little commercial real real estate that I've been a part of, you know, we talk, especially in single family homes, this concept of creative financing, you know, doing carrybacks and what have you. It seems like that is actually a better possibility in these in multifamily properties when you're Mm -hmm. buying from those individuals. Absolutely. And you know why? Real estate investors are predisposed to invest in real estate. Like you think about, and, and we've had it happen like more often than not. We buy, you know, from people who are retiring, getting out of the business, got to the age where, you know, they're just tired landlords and stuff. But where are they going to put their money? In the stock market? They never liked the stock market in the first place. You're definitely not going to put it in a term deposit. So you offer them a decent rate of return, five, 6%. It, there's no downside, you know, and there's mm-hmm. their second mortgage position. So first mortgage position gets paid, then they do. You and, and if and if we don't do well, we don't get anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's a good position. So that's why. But a lot of people ask at the wrong time. You know, like there's I, I've had people say, and I've had one of my students in Saskatoon. She was telling me that because uh, I did a podcast with her after she had bought her first building with thirteen percent vendor financing. CMHC financing only had to come up with 2% of real money. And I will. So when you say vendor, you mean, you mean the seller carry back, right? Is that what you mean? That's the highest I've ever seen is 13%. Yes. Vendor seller. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she was telling me that after people heard her podcast, they were saying, Oh, I was working on that building and they wouldn't even talk about vendor financing. 
because they did it wrong. And if people don't know how to do it right, they're blown out of the water right away. Just like, you know, I get I get a lot of new students saying, oh, yeah, you know what? I try to find information on multifamily. The realtors won't even return my call. Again, it's because they're not asking in the right way. Um, lots of people want to buy real estate, but they think the realtor is going to train them. They don't. They, their number one job and only job is to sell it to you. And if you don't know what you're doing, that's not their business. You know, that's not their business. You got to know what you're doing to buy into it. But um, yeah, uh, so yeah, it's so so cool when you see somebody buy, like I, I've got a client bought a, from GTA area, but a nineplex in uh, White Court, Alberta, 4,000 a month cash flow. It's first deal. And lots of people think that that's not possible, but it actually is. So when do you bring that up, that that concept? You know, you, you mentioned a lot of bring, people bring it up too early. In fact, I've, I've seen a lot of people, even when dealing with single family homes, they'll bring it up during that initial conversation. And, and uh, you couldn't turn anybody off fast enough bringing it up so soon. Well, and you know what? We made that mistake early on, Jack. That's how we know. And, 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 you know, it, it, it can work if you do it up front on an offer. I've seen that happen. We've done it and made it work, but it's not the ideal time to ask. The ideal time to ask is after you have it under contract. And again, not the first day you have it under contract, you know, mm-hmm. start working on the due diligence, prove that you're really serious to buy this building. And that's when it's more likely. Sure. Have you found that there are certain people, you know, in your case, you call them vendors or sellers, uh, cur- that you know in advance that uh, they might be open to that kind of concept? Are there any kind of uh, signs or, or anything that uh, people no, could no, make note no, of? Not really. Um, you know, we ask questions. You know, we ask, like, why are they selling? Uh, who are they? And, you know, just, just for clarification too, we do get most of our deals privately nowadays, not through a realtor. Um, You can still do it through a realtor, but most of us come through networking. So we'll ask when somebody refers them to us and we have our first call with them. And I'm just thinking of an example. We bought 38 units in Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan, which is my hometown, uh, three summers ago, July of 2018. And he was a RAIN member, referred to another RAIN member who was told he was from Milford and he thought that it was Meadow Lake Milford. He thought it was the same place. Like he just kind of got it confused. And he, so he sent him to one of my students who was from Milford and he says, Oh no, I'm not from Meadow Lake, but Edna's from Meadow Lake. Why don't you talk to her? The seller phoned me up and he says, Hey, I have um, 40 units for sale in Meadow Lake. You guys may be interested. I said, yeah, absolutely. Send me over the numbers. And we made an offer right then and there. And uh, even with him, we didn't talk about vendor financing till after we had it under contract. When you say a RAIN member, what's that? A real estate investor. Are you familiar with Don Campbell? No. Don Campbell wrote the book, Real Estate Investing Strategies in Canada. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I'm, he, I'm in the U.S. again. Yeah. So you might, yeah, you wouldn't be as familiar. Although he has went all over uh, teaching economics and stuff to do with real estate. He is really quite well known, um, maybe not to everybody. And he's kind of been out maybe now for five, seven years or backing off a lot. But he he was one of our main uh, resources early on, the real estate investment network out of um, uh, BC, they, they were located, but they, they did their main training out of Edmonton, Alberta. But uh, yeah, so he was a RAIN member, which is like a networking group, a networking group uh, member. Sure. 
So uh, let's let's uh, focus a little bit on your on your mastermind because I find that in somewhat intriguing as well because there's a, a lot of discussion around that regarding your 90 days to 5K. But before I do, reminding everybody to check this out, follow along if you will. Head over to ednakeep.com uh, for some of these details. But in in the end, the goal here is in within 90 days you're you've hit 5k a month. Is that right? Well, uh, the, the idea there is that in 90 days, you'll learn the strategy to, to get 5,000 a month in passive income or semi-passive income. It's never totally passive when you're dealing with real estate um, because the strategy alone is going to take you 90 days. When you get a property under contract, when it's multifamily, it's going to take you at least 90 days to close that building. Because if, if you're getting financing, you know, sometimes you pay cash for something, it happens a little bit quicker. But you got a, you have to have a due diligence period where you get your appraisal done and your environmental and your building condition report, which is a lot more extensive than a house. So there's 90 days uh, for financing and conditions. And, and that's the difference. So, so 90 days to do the, the course, but I have some people that join the course, they found a multifamily and don't know what the heck to do with it. So sometimes <laughs> we're dealing with a live deal right from the start. I just had a guy um, a couple of days ago, just signed up on Sunday. Actually, we've already had two calls because he's working on a live deal and doesn't know what to do with it. And he's even got offered vendor financing, but not in a good way. You know, like they're talking, oh, vendor financing, we'll finance 75% of it at 70, at 70, at 7%, I go, yeah, you know, that it, it sounds good because they're going to give you vendor financing, but your, mm-hmm. your property probably. Right. So I gave my little homework assignment, which he's working on today, and then he'll get back to me. But a lot of people don't realize all the ins and outs of that. I, I've had people offer like 80% vendor financing. That doesn't mean it's a good deal. You know, as right. a matter of fact, that's one of the things that would red flag me is if someone said, well, I'll give you 80, 80% financing, you know, that means maybe it's going to be a challenge getting it regular financed, and then you might just lose your deposit. So there's just lots of things you need to know. Um, so 90 days for the strategy, 90 days to get it under contract. The quickest I've seen somebody buy their first building was if, uh, and actually own it was six months of starting with me. But the majority of my students are buying their first building between six and 18 months or taking possession six to 18 months. So that's a, that's a big deal for a lot of people, you know, six to 18 months of making 2,500. I have one guy who's been with me now 16 months, 8,500 a month. And he's at 70 doors, one guy from London, Ontario. And, you know, so it can happen fairly quickly. Once you understand the strategy, and, and then actually do the work. And I always tell my students too, you know, you can study till the cows come home and people do all the time. They watch YouTube and they read books and they listen mm-hmm. to podcasts and podcasts and YouTube and did it, you know, until they probably have more knowledge than I do, but they don't pull the trigger. So you can study till the cows come home. If you don't actually buy a building, you won't even really know that you know what you know. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. In fact, mm-hmm. it, it just becomes this perpetuate. You're just you're just on this hamster wheel of more information, and it you're never going to get off. It's just yeah. Yeah. analysis par- paralysis. Well, and and frankly, and I do YouTube ads too. 
the ads, the, the content that, that you get in bits and pieces is designed for you to buy something bigger. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to do that, you're going to be stuck in that little hamster wheel going like this, you know, and uh, if you don't take the trigger, like I tell people, my program is not a learning program. It is, but it's an action program. So when you've learned the strategy in 90 days, then that's when the rubber hits the road, not in that 90 days. Because I fully expect that if you sign up with me, you're going to own a building within a year, 18 months. Um, I had one guy take four years, but I still worked with him until he bought it. And But it wasn't because he didn't understand. He was just trying to bring old partners with him that weren't interested in growing with him, you know? And when he finally cut that cord and moved on to a new partner, well, he bought two buildings within six months of each other. And this right. partner is gung-ho to buy more and more. But his old partners just just weren't weren't moving ahead on him. So sometimes it takes a little bit longer, um, not because they don't have the education. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, yours is kind of a unique environment because uh, it sounds like you have regular conversations with those people who uh, take part in this versus a lot of people come on the show and it's more of a self-taught. They're just, it's just a a private YouTube, if you will, they just consume the videos and move on versus you have more of a. I my nine days, the 12 modules, there's a homework assignment with each module that comes back to me personally, that I go through in detail, make sure that you know what you're, what I, what you're being taught, kind of like a teacher. Yes, no, yes, no, do that again. Just make sure that you understand and you're not missing steps because there's lots of steps that have to happen. So that's what I do. Then I also have the the mastermind part of it is is my students stay with me a long time, not because they still need me, because my program's designed that once you have bought two or three buildings, you really don't need me anymore. But for the networking opportunities, I have students right now funding deals of other students because they some have gone on and made made really good money but don't want to be the managing partner anymore. So uh, just as an example, one of my students started with me four years ago. He was uh, just back visiting visiting the group and giving us an update. He made a million point two in the last 18 months, just wholesaling deals he didn't even want. And he invested with one of my students and funded one of her deals. Because and, and my that student, and this is another thing, some people go, well, I'm just going to jump in and get some of that money. You've got to build the relationships. You know, when this the student who got funded reached out to the other fellow, she was interested in what he was doing. So she was really genuinely interested. And then after she was talking to him and questioning him and asking him, because he'd been in the program about two years longer than her, um, he said, well, what are you working on? And she told him and he goes, wow, that sounds really good. Send me over the details. And then he helped. But it doesn't come by saying, oh, I'm brand new. Here's my deal. Fund it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that network is really powerful. And just being around like-minded people is so powerful because when, when you join a group with the express idea that you're going to buy a building and you're around a bunch of people that don't buy, what's the point? You know, but if you're around people that are buying, you know, two months in, three months in, or like the guy yesterday, he's brand new and he's already going to be talking about a deal and he hasn't been on his first call, his first calls tonight, and he's already got a live deal, he's got questions on. You know, when you're around people that are taking action like that, 
it forces you to take action. Otherwise you feel like you're getting left in the dust, you know? And then there's there's a lot to be said, you know, we've always struggled with the concept, especially when you're a kid, peer pressure is a real thing and it can, it can, it usually leads in the opposite direction. (laughs) But if we, if you use it right, it can actually be very fruitful. Absolutely, it can. And and I've had it happen, you know, just recently I had a new student from Toronto, ended up getting two properties under contract in his first six weeks. And the other, I had a call with the other fellow, because uh, I do a six week one on one call with them. And he said, you know what, Edna, what really makes me mad is he said, I started within one day of him and I looked at both of those deals, but I didn't pull the trigger. He pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. And and he said, I didn't feel like I was ready. And I said, you know what? He wasn't ready either, but he booked extra calls with me so that he could get ready. And he got ready and he got his deal funded by somebody else in the group. He's from Toronto. The investor's from Vancouver, both places. You can't even buy anything because it's totally too expensive, right? Um, and then like I was saying, then the one-on-one coaching happens when they're working on a live deal. So if they're working on a live deal, when they start with me, sometimes we're having two or three, four conversations back and forth in the first week. Um, I've helped people get out of deals that weren't good deals. They had a deal under contract, weren't sure if it was a good deal. And I showed them how it wasn't. Um, showed showed one guy how in the, the realtor told him he had to put 35% down in order to buy the building. And I showed him on the first phone call with him that if he did proper financing the way I show that he could actually get that building with 15% down saved him $170,000 on our first call you know like it's it's just exponential what can happen if you're around the right people yeah it, it it's it's always amazing every time i've been been involved in that those type of groups just the way the the knowledge is being shared amongst everybody has is usually the the investment there is just untold. I mean, it's always the best investment a person can make. I mean, there's yeah. the greatest return you yeah. can find. It's yeah. always it amazing. Rough. We paid twenty seven thousand US when we took our training through Robert Kiyosaki. We paid extra because we got a mentor coach with it. Um, never regretted it ever. Ever it was the best money we ever spent. Yeah. Well, that leads uh, like how much does uh, if you don't mind me asking. What uh, does something like yours? What does that? What does that typically run somebody? Ten thousand US. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it, like like we've said, I mean that's very reasonable, especially for the one-on-one time that you obviously are putting into this. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it works for me too. Like I don't I don't work one-on-one if they're not working on a live deal. They gotta be working on a live deal. It's gotta be like legit. And once they've owned two or three buildings. They don't need me anymore. I don't teach them so that they're dependent on me the rest of their life. I teach them so that they can do it on their own. And uh, so a, a new student, they might be heavy on me the first couple of deals, but then after that, they're actually giving more to the group than they're taking, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've been working with a ton of students and we've talked about this analysis paralysis. I'm sure you've run into a number of students who have kind of gotten and they're stuck and they're they just don't seem to take that first step or take that first action. What are some strategies that you found to to get people motivated and moving forward? Well, one is to give them the right strategy, one that makes sense and that they can understand. Because, you know, 
there's so many strategies out there, Jack, and every one of them can lead them down the golden path. But every one of them is a commitment. And I've seen people buy a course and not do the work, buy another course and get some coaching, not do the work, buy another course, get some coaching, not do the work. They're just not prepared to do the work. They maybe have the money that they keep keep throwing at it, but throwing the money at it's not the work and it's not going to get you successful. Uh, I had one guy tell me one time after, um, I think, three months, he said, frankly, I thought I'd own a building by now. And I go, really? You haven't even done one homework assignment. You've only shown up for a handful of calls. Did you think you were going to buy a building through osmosis? <laughs> Like mm-hmm. I call, I call a spade a spade. It's like that's bullshit. You don't just get to throw money at me and say, "Okay, where's my building?" There's work involved. There's work involved to find it. There's work involved to analyze it. There's work involved. You know, I'll, I'll walk you through the steps, but I don't do it for you. You know, and ultimately, it's your responsibility as well. Um, so if you don't take the proper steps, you're not going to end up with a good deal. So you got to understand what you're learning. And you got to be willing. But the biggest thing for us when we were doing that is, you know, we'd analyze and we'd say, okay, this looks like a good deal, but am I missing something? And then we look at it, you know, you got this, you got that. Oh, yeah, this is missing. You know, that is priceless. And that's what our coach did for us and what I can help other people do. Like, what do you mean 35% down? You don't need to put 35% down. That kind of stuff is priceless. And, 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 but unless you understand everything that goes with that, a realtor can talk you into anything. Their job is to sell a building, not to train you on what works and what right. doesn't work. You know? Yeah. No. And and I think you know you mentioned you know people moving from one training session to the next. I think what they, in some cases, and it might not be all of them, is that they're hoping to find that get rich quick. They're, they don't like the they don't like the answer, <laughs> which is it's going to take some work. You're exactly right. I've seen that happen, you know, um, you know, and, and, and this is what happens a lot of times when people are you know, listen to podcasts, listen to YouTube, listen, you know, all that kind of stuff. They go, oh, that sounds easier. Well, it's meant to sound easy. Like, I'm sure when I sit here and tell you, well, you can go straight into multifamily, I make it sound fairly easy because I've done it a hundred times. So it is easy to me. There's still work involved to make it happen. And some people are up for doing the work and some people aren't. And I've had people buy into my course and never, ever even show up. You know, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But it must be that they think they want it. Then they, you know, get drawn away into some other drama or something that sounds easier. Mm -hmm. And you never hear from them, you know. Yeah, I know it. I I know exactly what you mean. It's it's amazing how people will we'll make that investment and then not take advantage of it. It's, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, that, you know, there's, I, there's a, there's a lot of value in putting the money up and placing the value in it as well. I mean, it, yeah. it would typically drive somebody to get, make some use out of it. Does it drives me when I, and I'm, I still hire coaches. Like I'm always working with at least one coach, sometimes two, sometimes three, and I get every ounce out of them. And when they offer me an extra bonus call or something, I'm booking that call. My mindset coach right now, who's somebody I work with twice a week, three, actually, I'm on a call with them three, di- two, two, no, three different trainings a week, Monday at 11, Tuesday at seven, Wednesday at 11. And every once in a while, there's a bonus call thrown in, you know, 
let's get you back on or not get you back on track, but let's talk more about this. I book every single one of them, every single one of them. Mm -hmm. And I, and I get good value from all of them. Um, But I see people like I make that same offer to people and they, well, I want to save it until I really need you. No, don't save it. I might offer you a bonus one here and there. Just do it. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) You know, but it, it always also amazes me too, that, you know, we are, as creatures, we're kind of wired weird in the fact that we typically will react to some sort of pain point versus we know this could better our lives, um, but it it doesn't it doesn't trigger the action as as yeah. something else would. You know, one of my coaches described that to me one time, and he said, "Your pain will push you until your pleasure pulls you." Uh, and 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 what he meant by that is. Until you're semi-successful, it's your pain pushing you there. It's not because life is good and life is easy and I love, you know, it's not that. Then when you get to a certain level, it's like, oh my gosh, I love this. This is what I was, that's how I feel with my coaching, you know. Everything I've done in my life, including I became a certified coach when my young, my middle daughter was born, which was 19 years ago. I went, when I was home on, on uh, mat leave, I actually went through and became a certified coach. But I, I just couldn't figure out how to make it work as a financial advisor at the time, making really good money. And they kept telling me to charge 25 bucks an hour. And I'm thinking, yeah, no, it's not worth it. I'll just go to my clients. So I took what I learned and made it worthwhile and didn't become an official coach till like 2007. And my daughter was born in, um, no, in, sorry, 2014. And my daughter was born in 2002. So you never, every single thing that you do through life takes you to where you end up. And I still don't feel like I've ended up, but this is a favorite thing I've ever done in my life is coaching and training people. I love it. I love it more than owning buildings. Uh, I like the the buying process. I don't like to be the managing partner and I get to help students buy buildings every day. So that part is fun for me. Well, it has to be very rewarding when there's got to be a certain point where you see the light going off. Like, yes. you know, light going on where they, they finally, they get it and they see that it's an, it's a possibility. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's literally teaching the people how to fish. It is, it is. And, and for those people that come to me and say, well, do you, do you give me a building? Do you give me investors? No, I don't give you fish. I teach you how to fish because I could do that for you once, but then you're kind of crippled. You think you're just going to keep getting that fish handed to you and, and you'll starve to death. Yeah. You need to learn how to fish for sure. So, well, we've, we've chewed up our time again here, but I I do want to, before we end, I wanted to remind everybody head over to Ed ednakeep.com. I'll make sure to have those links in the show notes again. Definitely check out our our past episode, episode 211. Uh, Edna was a a great guest on that episode as well. And there's a lot of information there. We covered a lot of ground. But uh, (laughs) before I let you go again, Edna, is there a question you wished I would have asked you here today? No, I don't think so, Jack. I just have always have really easy going conversations with you. Yes, good stuff. Easy for me to answer. And it was very, very, very nice to check uh, check in with you again. Yeah, it was great chatting with you. I hope we'll chat again sometime. And as always, you're always welcome back. You're such a great guest to have. And there's always something to learn. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime. Well, thank you very much, Jack, for having me.